nation It's a kind of a family Wherever I roam A Fenway home That's where I long to be I'm a member of a Red Sox nation It's a kind of insanity Yeah, I live and die With Red Sox pride for eternity I make a smile November until Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, extra late uh, compared to normal, uh, the podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, and Player FM shortly after the conclusion of this broadcast. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the Houston Astros. I am Terry Cushman and am joined, as always, by Dave Kwiatkowski. And tonight, a uh, a guest uh, co-host, Zach Camella, and you can find him on Twitter at TomBradySZN, all, uh, all together. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Doing pretty good after Mitch Moreland tonight. <laughs> yes. Uh, there will be no brooms uh, being used by the uh, Houston Astros, so um, we can uh, kind of work off of that as we uh, come into the Blue Jays series. Uh, Zach, first time on the show. How are you? I'm good, Terry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, for uh, people that don't know, that didn't catch uh, the the announcement of the uh, new name for the podcast, Zach actually did some of the graphics work, so we uh, definitely appreciate that. Yeah, uh, no problem. It was a pleasure to do it. Yeah, thanks a lot. And we're going to get right into the recap here. My routine's a little bit different, so just bear with me. Uh, game one, Friday night, uh, David Price took the mound. Uh, absolutely dominant pitching, uh, six and uh, one-third. Gave up just two hits, two earned runs, walked two, struck out ten. Xander Bogarts had a uh, solo home run uh, to kick off the, uh, the scoring for the Red Sox. J.D. Martinez Drove in two more. When David Price uh, departed the game in the uh, seventh inning, he did put two runners on base, which subsequently were allowed to score by Ryan Brazier, who has been pretty solid otherwise. And then he also had one run charged to himself. Joe Kelly had a rough eighth inning, uh, gave up three runs, one of which was brought in on a wild pitch. Ugly night for the Red Sox. Astros win 6-3. to three. On Saturday, Eduardo Rodriguez coming off of probably the most impressive start of the year for him. Maybe one of the finest of his career. Only went three and one-third. 
was shelled with six hits, gave up five runs, all earned, walked three, struck out four. Uh, Alex Bregman, Martin Maldonado uh, homered off of him. Tyler White uh, also had an RBI triple. Very impressive series for him. I wasn't that familiar with him, admittedly. Uh, Xander Bogarts still swinging a good bat and uh, had a home run and then Later on, an RBI single. Red Sox uh, started to rally in the ninth inning. Uh, Benintendi drove in Blake Swihart on an RBI single, but uh, the Red Sox came up a bit short. Roberto Osuna uh, closed that one out. Astros won that game 5-3. to three. And then tonight, um, Rick Porcello got the start. Didn't go deep, but... Uh, five strong innings and um, uh, gave up two solo home runs. And then the bullpen, a little shaky from there. Uh, Heath Hembry allowed a couple of runs. J.D. Martinez uh, had probably the biggest hit of the night until the walk-off. He had a three-run homer. Mitch Moreland then hit uh, basically a semi-blooper out to left field. Marwin Gonzalez could not come up with it. Red Sox salvage, uh, you know, avoid the sweep and win that one 6-5. to five. So could have been worse. I definitely thought we were uh, going to get swept because my confidence in Porcello, uh, not, not very good. But we will uh, now transition into shoutouts and callouts. And if you're not familiar with this segment, uh, all three of us will shout out a player who did very well this series that impressed us. And then after, we will call out a player that was a little less than impressive. So, Dave, why don't you kick this off? Yeah, so I'm going to uh, shout out one of the podcast favorite, David Price, <laughs> who once again just is dominant. I mean, he went six, inning, six innings against the former world champs from last year, the defending world champs, 10 strikeouts, completely dominated the game from start to finish, gave up a double to Bregman, who is just killing the league this year, and a questionable walk call right after that, which could have easily been a strikeout, and was lifted from the game, and then the bullpen blew that all for him earn runs here and never even came in so the fact that david price continues to dominate and dominate good teams is a huge sign if you look at his last handful of starts against good teams you know houston yankees and even the bad ones in between he just continues to roll through the lineup and pitch like a legit number two and going into the playoffs i feel very comfortable with sale and him as our one two he you know only two hits it was a big game, and he did his job. So <laughs> me being the biggest David Price hater walking this planet, I, I there's not much there for me to be critical of. Uh, he was he definitely started that, uh, you know, all the way through. Basically, was very dominant. Zach, uh, who would you like to call out? Well, I'm gonna call no, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. Show. I botch it every show. <laughs> every single time. Yeah, every si- show. I, I almost thought I was going to get away with it, Scott Free. You caught yourself there, though. I, yeah, but I was <laughs> it was into it when I botched it. But uh, the audience is obviously used to it by now. But uh, let's, let's go with your shout-out. I'm sorry, Zach. 
my shout out uh, for this series is going to be Mookie Betts. He had a phenomenal series. I mean, the guy was on base somewhere above seventy five percent of the time. He even came up to bat in the series. Um, just hitting the baseball like he has been all year. Um, back up into the mid three forties for a batting average. It's been impressive. Um, small frame, big swing, and he's just, he's just been killing it. And he showed no signs of slowing down headed into the postseason in this series. So yeah, he's leading yeah, the shout him out. leading the league pretty comfortably at this point, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's up like I think ten points now, or close to ten points from I think JD Martinez behind him. He hit that little slump when he came off the DL, where he went from batting three fifty to the low three thirties, but you know he's turned it back around and. Like you said, he's kind of been doing it all year. He does it in multiple ways. You know, he's going to end up hitting 30-plus home runs this year. He's going to, you know, how many singles is he going to get? He's going to get, you know, close to 50 doubles, it seems. So, and he still bases. He just does it all. He's just been, you know, really cementing himself into that AL MVP role as, as, you know, J.D. is right there for the Triple Crown, but just not quite getting it yet. Absolutely. My uh, shout-out will go to Xander Bogarts, who I think had RBIs in every game this series. Homered uh, in at least one of them, as I was saying in the recap. Two of them, right. And just probably the most consistent hitter, you know, all the way through. I just, I don't know. I mean, when was the last time he was in a slump, it seemed like. and the truth. His his bat, you know, it, it's got a lot of pop, much more than it than it ever has, and and it's nice to see because he hasn't been he hasn't been this strong all the way through the year before. He he always fades in the second half, and we're not really seeing it. He did miss a few weeks due to a uh, like a chip fracture in his ankle, but. I'm impressed, and and no doubt after next season, either Dave Dombrowski or whoever the the Red Sox GM, president, whatever they want to call themselves is, they're going to have a tough decision to make on, you know, whether they they give him one of the biggest contracts on the team, and uh, yeah, so if if he can if he can keep doing this, maybe maybe that's a bat we'll have in October that you know we lacked in the previous two yeah he's been he's been great and he had another great series and imagine if he didn't miss those two or three weeks with that freak play i mean he'd probably be close to 30 home runs right now he's at 21 which is tied his career high and we still got about two and a half three weeks left of baseball so it's pretty remarkable what he's doing this year and you know he's worth every penny i mean he plays gold glove defense out there rarely makes an error in the field and can hit 280, 285, and hit 20, 30 home runs. I mean, everything you ask for in a hitter. And besides the home run category, he's pretty much caught or better or just as good as Lindor, who at the beginning of the year looked like a 50-50 guy at one point. So he's just been doing it all. Absolutely. And then, I mean, to add to that, Xander's just been – he's been comfortable inside the box this year. You could tell. Um, You know, the swing looks crisp. And, you know, even that time on the DL, it really didn't stop him like it did last year. It kind of put a halt to the season he was having. And, and this year he just really bounced back and he's, he's maintained it. So, Yeah, absolutely. Who are you going to call out uh, this series, Dave? Uh, I'm going to call out Brazier, actually, your uh, 
one of your guys that you want to maybe take over the closer role if Kimbrell struggles, who usually has been pretty solid, but his last seven days, he's pitched two and a third with a 2.57 whip and a 7.71 ERA. In the month of September, he's got 3.2 innings pitched with a 2.18 whip and a 4.91 ERA, including blowing David's Price gem in game one and allowing the lead to be blown and go from a 2-0 lead to a 3-2 deficit. Tonight he came in and got his one out, which was very well needed, so very good there. But hasn't been sharp since September rolled around, and a guy that was a big ray of light on this bullpen when he first came up has been starting to struggle and along with Hembry and now Kelly again it's not it's not looking good for the bullpen like it did two weeks ago and Brazier is now lumped into that in my opinion where you just don't know where you're going to get out of him anymore true I, I'll add on to that uh, in the in the general uh, discussion part of the show but um but I, I liked that move by Cora, you know, after Price, and it definitely didn't, um, definitely didn't work out the way we all wanted it to. Yeah, I, I like the move as well. It just it's it's sad, it's upsetting that he's just getting bounced around now, just like Hembry tonight, kind of same thing. I, I liked going to Hembry there, and uh, didn't work out either way, which is not not ideal right now. Right, absolutely. Uh, who would you like to call out, Zach? I want to be calling out Joe Kelly. Um, and this isn't just going for this series. I mean, specifically because of that uh, three runs that he gave up in the David Price game. But um, just he's overall lacked fire since you know really the Tyler Austin fight. I mean, he caught he caught back up again a little bit, you know, mid season. But he's just he's having a hard time lately. The control wasn't there. He's walking guys. Uh, he's hanging curveballs. And, you know, the fastball is lively, but they're hitting it hard. And he's just – he's been having a rough go of it, and hopefully he can get it turned around heading into the postseason. But other than that, you know, he's really got some work ahead of him. And I hope that uh, Cora can make the right decision in the bullpen going forward. Yeah, and, you know, the Astros are obviously a better team than what we had been facing. And, you know, he was rebounding a little bit, it seemed like. And then, you know, big team comes to town and – Possible ALCS preview if if all goes well and and yep. he definitely didn't uh, didn't come through in that uh, eighth inning. Um, my uh, call out will go to Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, night and day. You know, his last two starts, just absolutely electric and. He pitched twice separately, uh, four innings each, scoreless in double A. And, you know, it is double A, but then he comes up in his, his uh, you know, first start back with the Red Sox and struck out something like 10 out of 12 and then two more for 12 total on the game. And then, you know, we're already, you know, getting a sense of relief because Voldy hasn't really been stellar lately and Porcello has been very inconsistent. So it was just a very welcome start in, in, uh, you you know, last week. And then, and then on Saturday against the, the Astros, he, uh, other than the first inning, he looked all right. But then after that, the, you know, the, the floor just fell out from under him and just got absolutely shelled and, 
you know, three and a third, and then we had a you know a very shaky bullpen that has to come in and and pitch over half the game, and luckily they pitched pretty well and and kind of gave us a chance to get back into the game had the the bats heated up but uh unfortunately that didn't happen and and uh that that's not the type of stuff that's gonna that you want to see out of a starter in october so he's gonna have to uh you know he's gonna have to make some adjustments here in in the last few weeks but time is of the essence you know the the playoffs are going to be here, you know, before we know it. So, uh, all right. So let's get into the, uh, the, the basic recap, Dave, I'd like to go back to Brazier real quick. And the one thing I'm wondering about him is maybe he needs a clean inning. Maybe coming in with inherited runners just isn't a good fit for him. And, And it's hard to tell, but it's, it's, you know, it's an observation that, you know, I, I've made recently. And, um, you know, Hembry is a guy, as you said, typically does well with inherited runners. Matt Barnes is another guy. He's on the DL. Hopefully he'll be back. But I'm just wondering if, if you know, he just needs to come in, you know, with a clean seventh or eighth. Yeah, it's interesting because – Whenever I think hey, you know, he might need a clear in the inning, he came in tonight in a huge spot and got a and got a nasty strikeout at 98 miles an hour with runners on second and third to stop the bleeding, and which was big because we ended up winning the game six to five. And against Atlanta, he came in in a clean inning, I believe, or he came in with uh, one out and he gave up a solo shot, solo home run, or something along the lines of that. So. It's weird. He bounces back and forth. It seems like he's comfortable with the clean inning and then comfortable coming in. I don't really know if he's found his like confidence level with that yet. Because I, Being a fastball pitcher, like a Joe Kelly, if he throws a bad pitch down the middle, it's going to get taken for a ride. So I think it's just more of him locating a little bit better, kind of like Kimbrell, where you know when Kimbrell was throwing it 100, you can't throw it down the middle 100 or you know up in no man's land. So... I don't know. Brazier, I, I, re- I really like Brazier. He was huge when he came in, but recently he just hasn't been good. Since September came around, he's been pretty bad, but I'm hoping that they find a spot for him. I think ideally he would have a clean inning, but it seems he doesn't mind a, you know, coming into a jam because he pitched well tonight, but time will tell. I'm sure Cora will, will kind of throw him in and out, and I do like that. I think we've all kind of been all year saying that we like how Cora goes back to guys, tries guys out in different situations, so... I'm sure you'll see Brazier come in again in a tight spot, and obviously he'll be starting innings as well down the line. Yeah, I mean, other than the ninth, it's basically been a bullpen by committee. I mean, nobody has really had a defined role all year long. Zach, I mean, who do you trust besides Kimbrell? Like, who's your guy at this point? I mean, he hasn't been stellar of late, but... Once we get Matt Barnes back, I've always liked the way he's just been able to move the ball around. He's a pretty consistent guy, usually. He's had a solid year. He does have the highest... The whole bullpen, really. I'm sorry? No, go ahead. Yeah, just continue. My bad. I just feel like he's had a solid year. I mean, maybe the stats say otherwise, but from what I've watched, and I mean, I've watched probably 95% of the games this year, there's some spots he's came in that haven't been great, but there's also some, you know, big-time 
uh, outs he's made, you know, saving ball games for us. So, I mean, I like Matt Barnes. That's, I mean, we're all, they're all getting shelled. That's the problem right now. Yeah. He's really not one guy. The one thing about Barnes, though, is he does have the highest uh, K through nine rate, which I think was 14 strikeouts per nine innings. So just when he's on, he's, he's on. And, you know, unfortunately, it, you know, when he's bad, he's really bad. And he, he gave up at least a couple of home runs there in that last start. It just, yeah, he gave up two in uh, against Miami, which was which was not good. For him, he's kind of like a Joe Kelly where if he gets hit, he gets hit hard and it implodes and his ERA looks worse than it is. Because if you take Kelly's game, this game out against Houston in his last 10 appearances, he's given up one run on a solo shot. So, and it was in Atlanta in an eight to two win. So Barnes is kind of in the same way. If you take out, you know, that big game against Miami, it's a bunch of zeros, a couple ones, and a two here and there. But he was much better at the beginning of the season. You know, kind of falling into that whole thing with the rest of the bullpen right now, which is everyone sucking at the same time. Which they did the balancing act all year long up until September. Which was if Hembry sucked, Kelly and Barnes were good. If Barnes sucked. Kelly and Thornburg were good. If, Thor- if Thornburg sucked, then Kelly, Hembry, and then Brazier were good. Now it's just, it just seems that everybody's sucking. Kimball's been good as of late, which is a huge plus, especially in a night like tonight. He came in in technically a non-save situation against that, probably the best part of that lineup and got two strikeouts and a, a line out to center. So it's yeah. good to see him start to turn it around here in the month of September. Yeah, and... It is encouraging to see uh, Kimbrell kind of bounce back and not give up that, you know, leadoff hit or leadoff walk, you know, with no outs. And um, the one thing, though, I do think with with Houston is they're a little bit more aggressive than most teams. And I think that's where Alex Cora comes in and, and, and wanted us to be aggressive. So I think they still have that mindset. And I think... That was kind of their to their disadvantage with with Kimbrell because um, Springer swung at one up around his chin. You know, it was a it was a really high fastball, and the next pitch after that would have been ball four, and so his his aggression kind of did him in. But but still, you know, I mean, it's still a step in the right direction, and um, you know, we got the Yankees, you know, six games against them, and. Kimbrell has had his struggles there, so if he can kind of come out of those series unscathed, it um it, it would be, you know, I, I'd have a lot more confidence in October. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he uh, in his last what seven starts, he's given up one hit for Kimbrell, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, getting back to that whole not allowing hits, you know kind of limiting the damage he has given up walks in almost every start you know not every single one but it feels like every other so that's an issue it's gotten better obviously tonight where there were no walks so that was great but you know we need him to be really good because right now my guy in the bullpen other than Kimbrell is probably Stephen Wright right like if I if if someone comes out in the fifth or sixth I, I think I want Wright in there for an inning or two yeah, you know, it's ancient history now, but you know, Wakefield was kind of that guy in the uh in the 2003 uh postseason and he unfortunately gave up that 
that hit to uh, Boone, but you know, I mean, we gotta, we have to identify somebody who can go at least two innings on, on a given night, and and we haven't done that yet. And I don't think we're comfortable with Velasquez right now. Did, did Johnson? I I didn't see him tonight, but didn't he kind of get knocked around one inning? Yep, he uh, yep. gave up the tying hit to Reddick. I believe it was. Yeah, it was on a not. It wasn't on a bad pitch. It was on a three-two outside slider that hung up, and he just Reddick went got it and pulled it into right, which was impressive. Yeah. But the only problem was that. He threw seven of his, you know, nine pitches that at bat, say, on that exact spot. So Reddick kind of knew it was coming. But he didn't look great tonight. And then, you know, Cora, to his credit, he went out there with Hembry, tried that. He sucked. Took him out. Johnson, same thing. Went out there. You know, didn't have it. He sucked. Pulled him out. That's when he went to Brazier, got the out, and then had Wright come in to clean inning. Who is definitely a guy that needs to clean inning. I don't want to see... Stephen Wright going there, runners on the corners or runners on second and third or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be a bad idea. John Farrell used to do that with Ziggler, and I would lose my fucking mind. Uh, you know, yeah. he's got a career. No yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right. So, just with the team in general, like, do we feel better than we did a week ago in terms of what might happen? You know, at least in the first round of the playoffs, or are we a little more apprehensive? I feel good, and so in certain ways I feel better. In some ways I feel the same, and then in the in some ways I feel worse. So to elaborate a little bit, when it comes to hitting, I feel great. We got to Houston. We hit you know, a couple home runs off their starters. We got to their bullpen. We got to Ozuna. In the aspect of clutch hitting, minus tonight with J.D. Martinez's big home run and then obviously the walk-off, we were a hit away from sweeping this series. Xander Bogarts had the bases loaded in game one with two outs and struck out. And then later in that game, in the seventh inning, with runners at the corners after we just tied it, had a lazy fly ball right field. If he gets any hits there, that game's blown open. We win game one. Game two, we had runners on first and third with one out. Down two with J.D. Martinez up. Swihart was on first, I believe, so a lot of speed there. Benintendi was on third, I think, and he grounded into a double play to end the game. Obviously, J.D. Martinez has been a monster this year, and including tonight. But again, last night, 0 for 5, and ended the game on a double play. Tonight, you know, grounded into a fielder's choice. That was almost a double play if it wasn't for... Benatendi hustling hard and it being kind of a squibbler over there to, to second. So clutch hitting-wise, I don't feel that great about it. Hitting-wise and home run-wise, I feel great. Starting pitching-wise, I feel really good. We didn't have Sale, but we had Price, who obviously pitched a gem. Erod sucked, but you know we'll give him a pass there. And Porcello pitched good tonight. He pitched solid. Five and a third, five and two, thir- five and two thirds. You know, kind of left with runners on first and second, but you know Brazier just needed one out and didn't get it. And I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, Henry didn't, just didn't get it. Kimbrell, I feel good about, so my closer, I feel good about. But the middle of the bullpen, I feel awful about and worse than I did last time. When I was on the podcast a week ago, I said that the bullpen isn't as bad as people think. And right now, I'm looking like a bit idiot for that one because it looks awful. Zach, how, how, how would you feel like if the playoffs were to start, you know, say in a few days, 
you know, as everything is currently constituted, yeah, how, how I mean, do you feel? The thing is, it, it's hard to to really, you know, you look at the record and it's almost deceiving sometimes because there are things that this team has to look in the face and, you know, we've just had some issues. You know, we've obviously had a remarkable season. It's been incredible. Um, but when we come against these big teams like the Astros and we even have trouble with the Athletics all season long, we've had trouble with them. It's just some of these better teams, they're hitting us hard. Um, we're missing opportunities to take advantages, to take advantage of, you know, bringing in runs and clutch situations. Um, and, and we've done that against a lot of other teams, which is, you know, that's always a plus. But some of these teams that are definitely playoff previews, you know, it gives me pause when we're not able to either, you know, take care of these games and put them away or um, not come up with the hits we need to, to to make it work. And, you know, it just it's letting the Astros take this three-game series. I mean, obviously we were close in all three games and won the last one. But I just – I think that um, there are some issues and they can't go unaddressed. This – the other day I, I kind of – this kind of popped into my head and I, I'm thinking to myself, go back to 2013 on, you know, September 9th. I felt really good that we were going to go deep into the postseason. I didn't know if we were going to win the ALCS or the World Series, but I'm like, we're going to contend. And I didn't have any doubt that we wouldn't. And right now, I don't feel the same way. I really don't. Like, every day is a balancing act. You know, when it's like you're a ship, you know, sailing in the ocean and you spring a leak in one area, you get it plugged, everything's good, then another one pops out on the other side because kind of like, you know, when, where Dave was saying, you know, when Thornburg is on, Hembry is not, and then and then Hembry's fine, and then Kelly's not fine. It, it just It's just like a merry-go-round of, of issues, and I just, I don't have the same confidence, and there, there's a little bit left to to try to to try to figure those out or discover some new solutions, but we're not getting Travis Lakins by any indication. We're not getting Durbin Feltman, you know, for some bullpen help, and and I, we are who we are. That's what I said when this series starts. If we struggle against the Astros, and then you know, next week the the Indians and and the Yankees, that's who we are. I I'm not going to have any confidence in in September if if we're not taking care of business. Uh, I, we're not going to excuse me. We're not going to take care of business in in October if we're not doing it in September. You know, last year we won the division. You know, and it, if if the team that thrived in April in May was the one that showed up in October, we probably, we might have stood a chance to beat the Astros, but we didn't because the team from September showed up. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just not comfortable with it. We lost the series, you know, we had opportunities to win it. As Dave pointed out, Um, we split with Cleveland, didn't win that series. Um, We did beat the Braves, but I think the Braves, I don't think they're going to win their division, but 
you know, it, it's a quality win, but that's not a team that's going to do much damage in uh, October. So, um, uh, you know, that's how I feel right now. I'm just... <laughs> I'm 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 not any more comfortable than than I was a week ago. I agree. I'm kind of I guess I'm kind of in the minority there where I think the Atlanta series was huge and it I think if you know you're going to match up with like we we're talking about playoff teams, right? Cleveland, the Yankees, the Astros. Atlanta has just as good a shot as anybody to come out of that, you know, out of the NL. You know, they got great starting pitching. They have a great mix of veterans and younger guys. Their bullpen is their issue as well. But you look at the other teams, and other than the Cubs, you know, not many scary, scary teams out there in, in the National League. They've been the weaker league all year, and the top four or five teams are probably all in the American League. But they're still going to win the division. We swept them. We came back and won. We put up a bunch of runs. You know, it looked really good on paper, and – I feel as though the Red Sox in this series, we were one hit away from taking it. I talked about it in the Cleveland series. We split that series, you know, a few weeks ago. And we were one hit away from taking three out of four and embarrassing them because we blew, up the, blew them out of the water in games three and four. This yeah. Houston, the Houston series earlier this year, we split and won two in a row in Houston, which is hard to do. And then now we get to this point where, you know, comparing it to the 2013 team terry i think the bullpen was better in 2013 for the Sox, but i think the lineup and starting pitching is 100 percent better for this team i think the lineup's deeper here and i think there's more weapons and i think for starting pitching wise sale and price are better than what john lester gave you in 2013 in the regular season in that season the regular season he pitched 213 innings and had 3.75 era that's not ace material there for your you know supposed ace at the time where chris sale is a thousand times better than that and i'm gonna say confidently david price will finish under a 375 era this year and have around 30 starts like lester did so in comparison to 2013 to now i mean this team minus the bullpen is better in starting pitching and lineup well i can't I can't deny that they're having a, a better seat. I mean, they were the number one offense as well in, in 2013, but we, we, you know, we didn't have the top two MVP candidates like we currently have. And um, sale, obviously if he didn't go on the DL might've won the Cy Young and, even Price, I mean, I don't know where he's going to finish. I mean, I would imagine he might finish in the top 10, but if he he didn't have those issues and or drama in, in the month of May, then, you know, maybe he's a top five Cy Young guy by the end of the year. But the thing that I can't discredit is the fact that those guys from 2013 had been there and done that. Most of them had won rings and and thrived in big moments and I can't I can't put these guys in 2018 on that level. I they got to show it to me. They at least have to show it to me in one series. If if we kill the Oakland A's in the in the ALDS, I'm I'm going to boldly assume for now that's who we're going to face then fine, you know, then okay. 
you know, bring on Houston one more time or, or Cleveland in the ALCS and we'll we'll see how it works out. But those guys had were all proven, so I, I didn't really have to worry about the regular season because they, they were still performing well above average. You know, they were they were still, you know, very you know, top of the line quality pitchers and and you know the the offense spoke for itself as well because they they were the number one ranked offense so i just i need to see it and i'm never going to be able to wipe that from my mind in the next few weeks it's i just i can't do it yeah no i hear you for that for the for the playoffs absolutely but for getting there right now i don't feel as though we aren't in the same league as houston i feel as though we had a bullpen meltdown, but they were one hit away from Ozuna having a classic meltdown of his own. And I feel like we were one hit away from taking two out of three or sweeping this series. So I feel good where we are when it comes to the bat and starting pitching. Bullpen definitely needs some work, but you know we're in it with them right now, and we're clearly all the best team in the league. And you know Houston came into this series riding high. We came in on a three-game win streak at least. I don't remember what happened before that if we won the last game or not, but. You know, we, we were playing well, too, and we had the lead in game one, and we got to Cole and, you know, hit him pretty hard, and that's good signs. So I think going into the postseason, you look at the season series, they won it by one game. So take that for what it's worth. But going into the playoffs, I don't think they have a huge advantage over us. Home field would be in Boston. We're probably the best home team in, in baseball. And, you know, do I think the bullpen's going to struggle for, you know, from the, today until October 10th? Probably not. I think they're going to figure it out. So I'm happy where everyone is except for the seventh and eighth inning at the moment. Other than that, everything seems pretty good to me. Of course, clutch hitting could be better, but that'll come around. And I can agree with both of you guys, to tell you the truth. I think there's a point to be made for both sides. Um, I think David has a really good point, you know, that this is a very – good baseball team. It's a better baseball team than 2013, at least in my opinion. Uh, obviously, emotions were running ridiculously high in 2013. That was almost our World Series for the taking, um, just because of what happened in Boston that year and you know how that affected the, the city and all the people in it, and especially the teams. Um, but I can also understand where Terry's coming from. You know, Again, like I went back to uh, originally with with the issues that are facing the team. So I really think it's going to be a matter of, you know, Cora figuring it out, sitting down with his guys, um, and the guys figuring it out on their own. You know, we'll see how we wrap the season up. Uh, I do think we're going to face the Athletics. I just don't think the Yankees are going to have it. Uh, they, they're just struggling a little bit too much. I don't believe Judge is going to come back. If he does, it's going to be very late. And I just think that, you know, there's a point to be made for both sides, and I, I really can't tell you what's going to happen. You know, I mean, every team is dangerous, though, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, Cleveland, I mean, Cle- the Cleveland Indians, No, I feel like we don't talk about them nearly enough on this podcast, and they could win the World Series. They really could. You know, it, that's, oh, yeah. the X factor for me is Miller, obviously. He kind of has to be healthy, and... Brad Hand, Adam Simber, you know, and and I, I haven't checked how Cody Allen's doing. Obviously, not not the best season for him, but um, 
that, that's a team that could win it. And their rotation is nasty, too. Bauer is going to be rested. He's pitched in the postseason. Kluber is who he is. You know, uh, he's not Clayton Kershaw, but one of the best of our era nonetheless. And um, Clayton Kershaw is not Clayton Kershaw right now. And he isn't I'm either. The truth. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. And then the Astros, I mean, we just saw what they could do. And, and they won, what, six or seven in a row coming into today. So they're getting hot at the right time. They're getting healthy at the right time. And uh, Oakland is kind of scary to me right now because that's a team where if we don't have a lead by the sixth or seventh inning, I don't think we're getting it. I really don't. You know, Trinan has been one of the best closers, you know, in the in the league. Diaz obviously has had, you know, a phenomenal year. But um, also uh, Familia has been pitching very well. Uh, Sean Kelly, you know, pitching very well. They do have Rodney, who we've got good numbers against. So, you know, he's not too scary, but... That's going to be a tough team to rally against, and and a lot of the damage we're going to have to do is going to have to be early. And I have a feeling they're going to be doing they're going to be doing damage late on us if the bullpen trends the way it does. So it's it's a dicey series, and and they can mash. I don't know. I mean, Dave, who would is Oakland scarier to you than New York? I would assume. Um, yeah, they are just because I feel like we match up better against New York and we have good numbers against New York's bullpen and New York's hurt. But the Oakland A's probably a month ago were a, a lot more scarier to me. They lost Manaya for the year. Anderson's coming back, but that means that Anderson's going to be throwing game one of the wild card. So we won't have to see him till game three. So you'll see Fears and Cahill. Cahill is having a great year, but kind of iffy fears had beat up beat us up uh when he was playing for detroit earlier this year he had a good game against us so obviously that bullpen is scary out there but i don't know they're a different team right now they're hurt and they're not getting better where anderson's going to come back but i don't know if he's going to be 100 percent. mania who has been their ace all year and no hit us earlier this year is 100 percent not going to be there so they're going to have to dig deep and kind of be cleveland of 2016 if they want to make a run they're gonna have to have their starters go five innings and then have their bullpen take over every night i don't know if they can be managed that way you know don't know how well that's gonna go in the postseason but i mean every team in the american league so good i i i fear cleveland more than anybody to be honest with you they got the manager they've got the guys that have been there and done that they got kluber bauer who Hasn't been a good postseason pitcher, but this year has figured it out. So that's a whole different, you know, animal with that now. I think Cleveland's the scariest team. And that's why I say that, you know, a, guy, a team like Atlanta could come out of the National League because I think the National League stinks this year. The American League is so top heavy, and the Red Sox have to face everybody in the month of September that they're going to see. They, they played the Braves, they played Houston, they play the Yankees twice, and Cleveland. I mean, we're lucky coming up that we got six games against you know bad teams and the blue jays and the mets but after that it's yankees cleveland baltimore yankees so not much rest there so we'll definitely see what's going on but oakland scares me definitely more than the yankees currently but i think this oakland team is you know more damaged than they were a month ago 
Well, true, and not having Mania definitely hurts them, but they did, you know, they did take the season series from us without any of those upgrades, and at, at a time where they basically ended that initial surge we had, where we were something like what seventeen and two, or something on the year, and then the no hitter happened, and I think they won one more game that series, and. Um, yeah, and I don't know that Anderson would start that wild card because Mike Fires has been lights out as well. So maybe maybe he gets that start. I, I don't know. Yeah, it'd definitely be one of them. But my the point is that you know their best second best pitcher is going to throw the wild card game. So then you have to run. You'd be facing facing their third and fourth best in the in the game one and two against Salem Price, which I feel good about. Kind of similar to the Yankees where they're going to throw. I don't even know at this point. Tanaka or Hap in game one and two. I mean, in the wild card game, and then get Severino and somebody else. But I feel like the depth is a little bit starting pitching wise better in New York. You know, they've been playing bad with Severino, who if he can figure it out, he'll be good. And then Hap's been better. Tanaka. It, it's all a shit show when it comes to starting pitching right now. But because of just injuries and lack of you know performance issues, but. Oakland's good, for sure. Scary, obviously. They've been on a huge surge. You know, if there was another 10 games in the season, I'd say Tampa would probably even be in there at this point. But I think they're a different team than earlier this year, and their bullpen is very scary. But if we can beat up on them early, and we should be able to with home field advantage and the fact that they'll be throwing their three and four in games one and two. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, I think we're going to win the number one seed. I think we're going to win 106 games, 105 games, depending on what we need to do at the end of the season. It's looking right now as though we're not that last Yankee series is going to mean nothing. So you'll probably get a lot of Velasquez, Brian Johnson, and Pomeranz starts there. Yeah, and, you know, I was glad you mentioned that because when Cleveland comes up, I I don't know why they would start Kluber or uh, Carrasco at that point. Why give us another look at them if if their division is wrapped up? So I'm not sure we're going to see their best starters. The Yankees, you know, are going to are going to put maximum effort in because they want to um, keep home field for the wild card game. I doubt they want to go to Oakland. But uh, also though, with Oakland, uh, you know, Cahill. 377 on the year. Edwin Jackson, uh, 326 on the year. Um, there was one more somewhere in there. Yeah, Cahill's been having like, a career year. He's been really good. Yeah, no, I guess that was it. I was I wanted to say Megden, but I guess he's just been used in relief as of late. He, he fell off huge. He threw like two back-to-back complete games earlier this year and then absolutely nosedived. Yeah, and I, the reason I just bring up Jackson and Cahill, I mean, it's it's reasonable that they can give you five innings of, you know, two-run ball and, and then the bullpen. So that that's a scary team to me, I, you know, and I, I think they're too young and too, you know, caught up in the moment to really be phased by it. You know, I mean, who in their right minds had them making it to an ALDS at the start of the year. <laughs> oh, God, not many literally, people. Literally nobody, probably. Yeah. That's what scared me about them, though, to be honest with you, because, you know, after the start we got off to, 
they base backed us around. You know, that was a team that I almost considered, oh, this is going to be a, a good series. And, you know, we'll have a, uh, a good time hitting a lot of home runs and stuff. And then we got the no-hitter by Manaya, And I was, like, completely shocked by that. And they just they beat us up for a team that no one saw coming. So they just they freaked me out. Yeah, and I mean that no hitter just kind of kind of put him on the map. And I, I don't you know even at that moment I'm not thinking playoff team, but it, it opened people's eyes. And and Houston got injured, and and you know and they they kind of made a run. So and also with the Cubs since they've been mentioned a couple of times, I think. I think the wild card is going to be their toughest matchup before the World Series. I mean, like I said, Atlanta doesn't really scare me. I mean, I would take the Cubs, you know, in a, in a seven-game series. I'd give Atlanta maybe one game in that series. And I, none of the West teams right now really scare me either. I mean, they're all just sputtering right now you know the Rockies might look good for a few days and then the Dodgers might look good and and the Diamondbacks haven't looked good for like a while you know at least a week and a half two weeks they're suddenly you know they've had the best bullpen in baseball all year long I don't know if they're still ranked number one after these uh you know these last nine or ten games but um they were and suddenly Boxberger has issues Lavello thinks it's a good idea to keep sending um, Bradley out to face Kemp, and that that blew up in his face. And I don't know, just I can't see any team from the West just getting it together really and going on a, a deep playoff run. But I think the Brewers could could give the Cubs a hell of a fight, and I don't think we really know what the um, St. Louis Cardinals are right now, but I mean, they came out of nowhere in 2011 and granted it's not the same staff, you know, seven years later, but that's a team that just, I don't know. They, you know, they came out of nowhere to get into the wild card. You know, they, after firing their manager, you know, the obituary seemed like it was being written and here they are. And I could see them giving the Cubs a hell of a series, <laughs> And, you know, so in that division, it, it might almost be better to be in, in the National League. I mean, it might be better off to just be the two seed and uh, not have to face, you know, one of those wild card teams. But true. Yeah. I don't know. The Cubs. I've been saying the whole year that um, our, our real World Series is going to be in the ALCS. I've really been saying that the whole year. I mean, I just I look at these um, NL teams, these National League teams. And I just I don't know. They they got some good teams out there, but I just I see any single team in the, in the hunt in the uh, American League just romping any NL team. That's a good point because, like, when I think of the 2013 postseason, I think mostly of the Tiger series. Yeah, that was the hardest series, 100%. Yeah, I just like, I didn't think we were going to win it, and, and especially when we lost game one. And I wasn't like hardcore negative about it. I'm just like, we're we're facing a really good team, and yeah, we're really good, but I mean, we were like the two superpowers. Like, everybody knew that 
that you know those stars were aligning like in July we're like yeah that's that's who we're going to face in the ALCS you know this year like i was saying we're you know the every team is dangerous this year so it, it could go a number of ways but but that year we were the clear cut two best teams and i mean the poppy grand slam was did Victorino hit a grand slam or was that the world series he had a he had a huge hit one way or the other. I believe, I believe that was the ALCS. It was oh, the ALCS. That was the ALCS. Oh, that was okay. the closeout game. He had yeah. like a bases clearing double or something like that in the World Series then. Another huge hit. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. He had a couple of huge hits. Yeah. So th- that's what I think of. So, you know, maybe... You, you know, maybe maybe the ALCS is, is going to be the toughest series this time around. So... Um, I don't yeah, know. I think I think it would be. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I don't know. This bullpen has to has to get straightened out. Right now, I mean, another comparison I did is I feel like we're the 2014 Tigers right now. <laughs> like, think about that for a second. They had Justin Verlander still pitching very well. He was the 2011 Cy Young. They traded for David Price at the deadline. He was the 2012 Cy Young. They had Max Scherzer, who was the Cy Young winner the year before. So they had, like, the most recent three. And I'm thinking when the Price trade happened, and he wasn't really exposed yet for a guy, you know, as a choke artist, I'm thinking, man, that's they're, – they're going to the World Series again. And they were there in 2010, 2012, you know, and so they, it looked like they kind of had an even numbered year thing going on, like the, like the Giants. And, and with those three guys at the top of their rotation, they got swept by the Baltimore Orioles because they did not have a bullpen. (laughs) So, and Dave Dombrowski was the GM of that team at the time. So, it's another thing that just literally fucks with my head right now. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, wh- call it right now. Who's the eighth inning guy, game one, Fenway Park? You know, with the heart of the A's order coming up, who's the eighth inning guy? <laughs> it's impossible. It's I'll a- give it to Barnes or Kelly. That's that's the best. I feel like that's the best shot we'll have. Yeah. Yeah, again, like you said, it's it's not clear cut. You really can't tell. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to Thornburg, Kelly, and Brazier for seventh and eighth inning. Brazier too, yeah. Thornburg of the three makes me the most nervous. Yeah, you know, it, it'd be great if he if he emerges because you know we we've seen him do it before when he was you know he was the closer in Milwaukee you know before he got traded so. He does have a history of being that guy, but I don't know. He 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 pitched what two scoreless the other day, so maybe maybe that's a momentum thing. Oh, and another thing I didn't bring up is the last time Kimbrel blew a save. Who was that against? It was before Atlanta, I think. Was it? And we won the game anyway. Uh, I, can't no, I think it was after. 
Atlanta. It oh, might have been it? Miami because it was a blown save win. Oh, right that, after that is who it was. That is who it was. And it was interesting to watch Dana Levangi get in his face, like literally get in his face out on the mound. So I don't know what that was about. You know, maybe they had a game plan coming into the game or something that was discussed earlier in the week and Kimbrell just wasn't sticking with it or something. I, I have no idea, but... But maybe that was a turning point for him. Yeah, no, yeah. hopefully hopefully maybe he just need that little you know, some guys react better to that, right? Obviously where, you know, if you get in his face, some guys kinda of cower back, but other guys kinda, of, you know, use it as a little bit of uh motivation. But yeah. I'm hoping it's a certain point. He's looked good recently and to get back on your point about the, the two thousand fourteen uh Detroit there, Terry. Very similar with our rotation-wise. Obviously, their rotation was so much better than ours. But that series itself was kind of lost on starting pitching, which was weird. Scherzer gave up five runs in seven innings and gave up two home runs. Verlander only went five innings and gave up three earned runs and a home run. Chamberlain gave up a ton in that in that series in game two. But, you know, going into that series... Scherzer had an awful game, and Verlander only went five and gave up three. So I feel as though that the starters just kind of choked in that series more than the bullpen. Game three was two to one, where obviously, you know, kind of goes both ways. So the bullpen actually played really well there, even if they, I don't remember if they gave up a run or not, but at the end of the day, even that, if they that did, was the price start, wasn't it? Yeah, price, why not? Yeah, yeah price, price gave up both. So, you know, the bullpen was fine that game as well. Bullpen actually only had one bad inning in that entire three-game series. It was Chamberlain giving up a ton. But I believe they were losing going into that inning anyway. So, I don't know. It's just, I don't think this bullpen is as bad as people say. Right now, it's ugly. It's been ugly the post-All-Star break. But pre-All-Star break, it was amazing. And, you know, against that Atlanta series, you're like, okay, it's starting to come back up. And then now it's going back down. I think against the next six games against bad teams, it'll be up again. And then we'll see about Cleveland and, uh, and you know, New York. But against the Yankees in that four-game set that we swept, bullpen looked pretty good. Against Cleveland, bullpen looked pretty good in games three and four and was actually good in game one as well. Porcello gave up all those runs because he wasn't pulled early because of Cora after he got hit in the sternum. So, I don't know. I don't think it's, like, time to panic yet with this bullpen, but it's getting close. I feel like the little case is off the red button, that red nuke button and, like, just ready to get hit, but it's not there yet. Yeah, I I just still don't like the way it's trending. and Yeah, definitely not trending in the right direction at all. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I mean, let's, uh, I, I guess there's really nothing more we can say at, at this point. So uh, why don't we uh, just go ahead and get into the Toronto series here before we wrap. And Yeah. My, uh, I didn't pull the pitching matchups up. Um, which which game is Chris Sale going to be the opener? Tuesday, which would be the series opener. He's going to go two innings, 40 pitches, Cora said. Okay. Two innings, 40 pitches. Well, it'd be nice if you can get three out of that, but... Oh, so well, tomorrow, tomorrow's an off day. I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. a weird off day. We actually have a like a good amount of off days this last month which was like odd because i feel like we wouldn't and even the days that like we don't have an off day it's like on a homestand so it doesn't really matter it's weird i mean i'm not complaining it's a good 
the teams aren't in our favor, but the schedule with the days off and stuff like that is definitely in our favor. Right. Yeah, and I mean the Yankees lost today too, so um, you know we're I think we're back to eight and a half. So um, uh, wouldn't it be nine because we both like we both played today? Okay, I thought it was seven and a half coming into the day, but you might be right. Oh, then it might have been eight. Well, yeah, it might be eight and a half. Then I can't remember because I saw I saw they pushed it to eight, but I didn't know if they uh, updated you, after you, it. It did eight and a half or nine. Yeah, I think you might have seen it in between uh, games, is what it was. Yep, that's oh, probably what it was. So oh, it's eight and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, we got six games left against the Yankees. So you know, hopefully we just don't run into that situation. But I mean, we could technically lose all those games and still win. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we only win two. Out of the six, that's only a, a net gain of two games for them, four to two. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so basically, just don't get swept, and we're okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, David Price will go against uh, Aaron Sanchez on Wednesday, and Sanchez has a eight point seven nine ERA in his last uh, three. So he must have had at least one awful game in there. Um. Yeah, he uh, the Rays. It looks like they tuned him up, and then three runs, six hits, two walks. Yeah, so he's he's been he's been uh, getting killed, and <laughs> probably a huge disappointment to Toronto because some of the real baseball nerds at the start of the year, the advanced stat guys, <laughs> which obviously I'm not, try to make a case for him to be a Cy Young contender, but either injuries or just lack of performance. He just always falls way short. Yeah, um, he was considered a, a real number one for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, back when he was on the Tigers. Over Strowman, even coming into Toronto. Yeah. Um, and Price also pretty much owns them anyway. So that's yeah, uh, no, that's that, a, that's looking good. That's a good good game. Uh, do we? Know? I expect two out of three. Yeah, that, that would be fair. Uh, if not a sweep, e- Erod goes uh, game three on three. Thursday against yeah. Sam Gaviglio. Yeah, he's struggled recently. Last two starts have been bad have against been. Baltimore and Cleveland. So, kind of the worst of the worst and top of the best of the best. So. Yeah. I mean, I think they should win both Price and Erod starts, especially Erod coming off the bad start that he has. I think he'll pitch well. And the Sale start, I mean, Sale could throw two innings and not give up a hit, but we could still lose just because, you know, we're going to throw Brian Johnson and we're going to throw Velasquez after that. Are we going to throw Stephen Wright? You know, ideally, I would assume Stephen Wright comes out. Actually, it's it's going to be Evaldi, according to the Oh, it's going to be Evaldi. Okay, yeah. that's fine, too. So, Avaldi, you know, do we get good Avaldi, five innings, one run, or do we get, you know, three innings, four runs out of Avaldi? So, that one's a question mark, but I think we take Wednesday and Thursday and take at least two out of three. And I don't know who the Yankees are playing currently. I can just look that up, but they have the Twins, it looks like. So, they should be able to take two out of three as well. Yeah, the Twins can mash, though, so. Um... They can. I wonder. I gotta, I'll got. i check their pitching matchups while we're waiting. But, uh, yeah, Rosario's been... Oh, phenomenal! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Escobar was uh, last I checked playing well for the uh, Diamondbacks. They uh, got got him from the Twins, but 
Yeah. So yeah, two out of two out of three sounds pretty good to me. They are five and five in their last ten, so they're not, you know, one foot, you know, on a plane to Hawaii yet to start their off season vacation or whatever. Um, so who knows? And, and they can be dangerous. I mean, Justin Smoke, you know, he can he he can hit a three run shot and. Uh, they don't have Donaldson though, so that's good. <laughs> he's got yeah. He's, he's going to get activated, uh, I guess, on Tuesday with the Indians and uh, be a. He's going to play third. I thought he. I thought for sure he would DH and and Carnacion would probably see a lot of time at first, but <laughs> apparently his arm's good enough to be a third baseman. I guess they're not worried about his calf, his arm, anything at that point, which is interesting to say the least and i know a while ago terry you were hoping we wouldn't get the grom against the mets but it looks like we're getting Syndergaard and the grom so uh, <laughs> yay yeah so they anyway, he's got this uh young wrapped anyway so I, I guess it's not gonna be of much consequence and they can always yank him if uh if they want to yeah exactly so well, yeah i mean two out of three yeah two out of three for sure though with this with this series i mean Looking forward to seeing Erod bounce back. Price should give me no reason not to dominate against the team that he does, and just in general how well he's playing. And excited to see Sale back. Uh, they got Sale kind of going. They got Sale going this game. They got him going against the last game of the of the Mets. The middle of the Cleveland game. His next three starts. So, and hit the Cleveland ones against Kluber. Yeah, that'll be fun. Absolutely. Are they still going twenty up on him every time? So like he'll go from uh, forty to sixty to eighty to around a hundred. I think so. Or like I think they're going to go twenty and then forty fifty. And if he pitches well to that, I mean, if he's cruising through Cleveland, I doubt they'll pull him. But you know, at the same token, if we're up nine games with seven to go, I mean, they they can give him fifty pitches and yank him. So yeah, they can yeah. do whatever they want as long as we're you know six to eight games up. Yeah, I mean, and when things were looking bad there um, around the time of the race sweep, I mean, suddenly all indications would be, oh, they're ramping up, you know, activity with sale, his workouts and all that, and throwing on flat ground 120 feet four days in a row, and and then we start winning again, and, you know, we sweep the um, the Braves there, and suddenly things kind of calm down a little bit, and you don't, you don't hear a lot from whatever they're doing with sale so um we're still eight and a half games up that's how it's been for the last few weeks and you know that's a huge luxury and uh, you know i don't i don't think they're gonna put any additional stress or workload on sale than they really have to yeah. No, I don't think they will. Yeah, I think I think Cora's too smart for that, and there's no reason. There's like you just said, there's no reason to. And I'm looking forward to his two winnings on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, I mean, I think we're going to hold our breath for a couple of days after just to make sure that wasn't a setback. Because every time he came off the mound, it was like he's fine, and then you know, or at least with that Orioles start a couple of days later, he. Well, if it's true, we don't even know if the Red Sox are telling us the truth. So, you know, which they're probably not. Yeah, so it's fine. I I guess there's no sense dissecting it. But 
All right, I guess we'll wrap on that, but uh, appreciate you uh, coming on, Zach. And, uh, you know, if we we need uh, an emergency uh, stand-in guy, I'll, I'll shoot you a text. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, no bud. Problem. Appreciate it. All right. We'll, uh, we'll be back on uh, Thursday night. Have a good night, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Well, all right. Red Sox, as we said, salvage a sweep. No, uh, we're not in code red anymore. Um, I guess I didn't say, you know, I, I thought we were going to lose. And when the game got tied, you know, even if we did lose, it wasn't going to be for the reasons that I thought we were initially. I, I just thought Rick Porcello was going to suck tonight. And uh, he held his own against a really dangerous lineup. And I should have uh, conveyed that, uh, you know, a little more clearly early on. But like we are just saying with this Toronto series, two out of three, that's good enough for us. You know, I don't think the Yankees are going to sweep the Twins. So can't really lose ground that way. So thanks again, and uh, I'll see you Thursday night. It's a kind of a family wherever I roll.